Welcome to the Small Town Wealth Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is episode 10 of the Small Town Wealth Podcast. Very special guest today. We have Jay Coward from Farmbound Box in today. And uh, yeah, I think this was a, a really cool one, Shelby. Oh, man. I'm so stoked for this one because I... I've been going to the grocery stores and increasingly the produce sucks and I just cannot stand it. I'm really excited to have Jay in because Farmbound is like changing the way that we even look at groceries and not only that, but she, she has a lot of passion towards things such as permaculture and a lot of these things that we as consumers don't even think about. We just, totally. we just don't think about it. Yeah, no, and we went went through a lot of topics. I mean, I've, I've known Jane, Jay for just about the past year now or so and uh, just through like the business community, we've chatted, we've done a few uh co-promotions together and yeah it's just been amazing to to kind of hear her her process on uh, focusing on self-awareness figuring out what you're good at going all in on that and then really the interesting part we got into on farming your business rather than hunting for new business and you know farming what you already have that was a really cool topic well yeah and it's really cool to hear someone that's gone from like you know, she was successful in business. There was never a time where she was like, oh, I'm bad at this, so I better switch. It's like, no, I was good at this. But instead of being like, you know, oh, I'm good at this. I'm going to continue at something I don't like. I'm going to go do something that I do like. Like that, that's really cool to hear from somebody because it's not always about what you're good at. It's about what fulfills you. And I think we got a lot out of this conversation. Totally, man. I'm, I was super, super excited for this one. And, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it as well. So listen-packed. Here, here it comes. Listen in, and we hope you guys enjoy this one. Thanks, guys. What's up, Instagram? We're live. Bonjour. Facebook, what's up? Got Jay Coward in today. Sunday afternoon, special time today. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah we're welcome. joined by uh, Jay Coward from Farmbound here in the house today. Thanks for coming on, Jay. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you had an event earlier today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, um, it was actually... Um, out towards Maple Lake and doing a uh, nettle workshop. So um, I'm really into plant medicine. Okay. I studied plant medicine. I started studying about six years ago and it really um, changed the course of my life. Um, really got me connected with um, with the environment and with our earth and with my body and with my community. And um, yeah, I really actually owe a lot of what I've done to plant medicine. What got you into plant medicine? Just out of curiosity, was it like, mm. just like walking on the street sometime, you saw a plant and you were like, Ooh, that would be super cool. Or, you know, was there, is there a story behind that? Or? Um, yeah, well, it's kind of, um, um, it was just searching for a connection. Um, and I've always been into natural health. I've always been into like fitness and eating well. And um, I just decided that I wanted to learn a little bit more and go a little bit deeper. And so I just started cowering the internet for like what's out there, like what kind of healing modalities, what, you know, how can people heal? And um, I just started studying it and um, took a course, but really learned more um, hands-on than anything. And it, and it's plant medicine is one thing that's it's not, you don't just like, you know, you don't go to school and learn the things and that's it. There's so much to learn and there's so much about ecosystems and different bioregions and, um, you know, people's different takes on it. It's the oldest form of medicine, right? So, um, you don't ever stop learning. Is it similar to like herbalism? That's it. Yeah. Herbalism. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a chartered herbalist. Um, 
but um, I would put more value on the stuff that I've learned from teachers in the community um, than I did. At, I mean, the school is great, but I've learned so much more hands-on over the years. Totally. And yeah. as, as an entrepreneur, I mean, you're definitely aware of the fact, I'm sure you're both, like you learn more by doing than you do by theory, right? So, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So it's chartered, charter, chartered herbalist. Yes. Like the Mel so, Soleil, shall we? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I read that earlier, like, as yeah. you know, we like to do these discovery forms and making sure that we know our guests. So yeah. can you tell us, like, where that is derived from? What school did, did you go to for that? Like, what kind of accreditation is that? Because, yeah. you know, we hear about the, the general ones, like, I'm a medical doctor or I'm sure. a naturopathic doctor or whatever it happens to be. So yeah. for me, that was the first time I've seen that yeah. on something. So I'm, I'm really interested to know how you got into that. Um, obviously, you started just by researching, but how did you yep. kind of climb into that? Um, well, it's not as fancy as like a medical doctor or anything. Um, <laughs> it's definitely it's fancy in its own way, though. Yeah, sure. It's it's good. It's um, so the school was Dominion Herbal uh, College. They've are they're the oldest uh, herbalism school in North America, okay. and um, they have a chartered herbal a chartered herbalist program. So that's what I took. It's a certificate. It's not a degree or anything. Um, okay. My formal training is actually in business. Um, but so this was just kind of like an add on out of passion. It was supplementary. Yeah, totally. That's cool. So yeah. you have prior business training. That's right. You want to take us into that as well? Uh, yeah. So I studied business in, uh, at UBCO. It was called Okanagan College back then. Right, way, right. Back when, when tuition was $700. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my first semester was seven, days. $750 was my first, uh, tuition. And wow. uh, yeah, and I remember the next year they because there was this big um, tuition freeze on, and they took the tuition freeze off, and they it doubled, and everybody lost their minds. It was fourteen hundred dollars then, and that was a big deal. Jeez, that's so. like what a class. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember even Some the days when people complained and whined about seventy nine nine gas. Right. Like, ten yes. years ago, what was it? Ten, twelve years ago, they're like seventy nine nine. I'm not even able to drive my vehicle, and now that's it's right. like these double just used to it, right? So. Yeah, so um, I did that, and um, and then I went and studied uh, business a little bit more at BCIT, and then I had my son at 19 years old, so I awesome. finished the rest, yeah, as I was working at uh, Toco. They were okay. really great and uh, helped me finish my schooling part-time. Cool. So yeah. what kind of job did you have at Toco? Uh, that was I, your corporate job, right? That was my corporate job. I started at the bottom. I started off doing filing, and, oh, then, cool. um, and, and then started working on uh, my CGA. Um, and I got to the level three, I think, level three CGA. That's a long program, isn't it? It takes like what, eight years or? Um, yeah, because you do it as you work yep. and you do, and then you do all the courses. And luckily I had a bunch of the credits that transferred over from my university. But, um, uh, so then I got into accounting mm -hmm. and, um, was doing that and I really love numbers and, and I was really good at it, but it just wasn't me. And I took this mat leave coverage in sales and just went like, whoa, I love this. Cool. Um, so that was really great. Yeah. And then the corporate job from there, I took um, a job down in Vancouver with a hardwood and plywood distribution company. So kind of um, same kind of, uh, you know, field of, yeah, field of work, right? Yeah. Exactly. Same industry and then just a little bit better of a job. Um, and then, yeah, from there I just went kaboom. Um, I, I burnt myself out. I uh, was a single mom and dropping my son off at daycare at 6 a.m. and picking him up at 6 p.m. and doing all the things and... And uh, doing everything a household is supposed to do together. That's right. Yeah, with one person. And I had moved that's down insane. to the city, like away from my family. So like away from all my support. Yeah. Um, so I was really there. You know, I had lots, some really great friends, but really was there, there alone. And it was a lot. And um, definitely took on too much. And I just, I had been coveting this promotion. 
And uh, they gave it to me and I quit my job in the meeting, in that meeting, like unexpected. I didn't really know. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't plan it. Wow. And it just was like, I can't do this. And I um, moved out. I moved. I rented out my house and I moved back in with my parents. <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. In Lumbee. In Lumbee. Yeah, yeah, in Lumbee where I grew up. I moved in with my parents and uh, ate a little bit of humble pie and... Um, Everybody just didn't really understand what I was doing, and I don't think I did either. And I didn't really know at that time what I was looking for, but it was something. And um, and my parents are so great; they have a business themselves, so they, I was able to work for them part time and and just really give myself the space to find myself. And that's where the plant medicine came in. That's really cool. So, like, I'm really interested to know, like, how what the burnout looked like but before mm. we before we do that why don't we go back to we, we like to like really rewind on these things sure yeah. how were you like growing up like you know give us like the first like where did you grow up mm. what where were your community roots you know like what kind of student were you bring us like way back way like, back what precipitated the person that you are now Ooh, uh, okay so i grew up in lumbee okay. uh small town there's two thousand people and six thousand in the outlying areas so it's very spread out very country um I was, um, what, did, what did my boss call it at Hardwoods? They like to hire a certain type of person and it's an insecure overachiever. Insecure because, <laughs> overachiever. <laughs> because um, you're willing to learn, you're very coachable. Yeah. Um, but you don't know how good you are. Yeah, don't know how good you are, <laughs> but you want to do your best at everything and that was me. I had to have, I remember I got a C, one, C plus one time and I cried and I thought my life was over. Like it was the worst thing in the world. And um, so yeah, that's how I was as a student and then really into sports. Um, so I was captain of the volleyball team and the soccer team and then played uh, basketball and then played on like a, a rep basketball Okanagan team and did all the things, Re snowboarded. Yeah. and Super competitive. Super competitive person, yeah. Super competitive, had to be the no best. And, yeah. I told you, man, like literally the female version of me. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm familiar in this space. Yeah. Are you? Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, I actually originally when I went to university, I was gonna get into law. That was that was always my my thing. I was gonna be a lawyer, and then just kind of life goes this way and life goes that way. But I don't feel at all like now knowing more about it that that would have been my calling. I just you know you get good grades and you think you know you need this certain job and there's the list. There's accountant. There's lawyer. There's doctor. There's yeah. dentist. You know what I mean? Like there's the traditional list of good jobs if you're a good student. Yeah. And um, so that's what I thought I had to do. But I really, my dad is an entrepreneur and I really, I thought maybe a business, but you know, they don't really talk about that. They don't really talk about that in, in high school about being an entrepreneur or they didn't then. Maybe so, they do now. So you did have, so your dad was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. and that's, that was another thing I was going to ask. So yeah. um, was your mom more stay at home or did she? No, my mom is an overachiever too. That's where I get that from. She has her master's in early childhood education. Wow. And okay. she actually went back to school when she was 28. She got a, in a car accident. She was just kind of a mom, like, you know, doing the mom thing, working at a grocery store and got in a car accident and then went back to school. And um, she is now the principal at uh, Hillview Elementary in town. Gotcha. What's, yeah. Is, is Madame No, uh, Candy Sigmiller is her oh, name. Okay, different yeah. one. Okay. I went to, I went to, yeah, I went to yeah. Barristow. She was, the, she was the principal really at Barristow and then she moved to be the principal at Hillview. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah no, okay. she was at um, Mission Hill before. Hillview, oh, okay. I think, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. So what, what kind of business did your dad have? Uh, well, he's had a number of businesses, um, but he is, uh, does a construction company. 
construction. Yeah, so he builds high and custom homes, but before that he's had um, road building and logging. Um, wow. Lots of logging in Lumbee, so. Cool. Yeah. So you kind of like, a staple in you grew up yeah. with, that's, that's cool that you grew up with like an overachiever parent and then like a very entrepreneurial parent as well. Were that's they right. supportive? Were they hard on you? Like, yeah. How, how did that like relationship look between you and your parents? I find it really fascinating how like a dad can influence the kid and the mom influences the kid with their like respective professions. So like yeah. how did that look in your household? Um, very supportive, like 110% there to drive me whatever I needed to do, wherever I wanted to go and cheering me on the whole way and helping me out, you know, whenever I need it. Um, my dad's a strong, silent type. So you listen when he says something and, and, you know, doesn't hand out, hand out the encouragement vocally as much, but he does, but he does like, he, he says like, good job. And like that real, like he doesn't need to go, oh my God, that was the best thing ever. Right. Yeah. Like, but that good job really, like it, it's meaningful. It's not the most jovial, but like he mm -hmm. means it when he says he it. He means it when he says and it. If he he means... doesn't open his mouth, you got more to do. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. See. So, um, it's really cool. yeah, it's really cool. Um, he's a really amazing man. Um, like, um, very few people like that old kind of school does business on a handshake, looks in the eye and says something is the truth. Right. So, um, I really respect him a lot. And then my mom is just like that person who always does the extra things to make everybody feel special. So she like, you know, does like the scrapbooking, beautiful things and like make sure that all the, all the details and all the beauty, beauty is taken care of. So, um, I grew up in a really great household, like never heard my parents fight. Like they, it was just a very supportive, loving environment. Sounds like she right. hit the parent lottery, man. I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. did, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. All the, all the important pillars there as well. That's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Were they ever like, because now I want to go back to kind of like the competitive side of things. Mm. Were they ever hard on you like through sports and stuff like that? Like if you if you didn't yeah. do your best during the game, were they ever like pushing you like, hey, you didn't do so great, like go harder or something? Never even really? a little hey? bit. Like actually the opposite. Really? Yeah, the opposite. Like um, they, I've never heard them say, oh, you should maybe do this or oh, like, oh, when you play defense, that, that, that. Like they just were like, good job. I'd like to see they, what they wanted to see is is effort. They didn't, they hard weren't results. Ethic, yeah. yeah. Hard work ethic was really important. So if you were out there and I was running hard and doing all the things and had a good attitude and we lost a hundred to zero, that was great. Um, so that was the encouragement that I got. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So now like as far as that, cause it looks like you got all the, like the good pillars and stuff like that. Were mm. you, how were you as a, like in high school and stuff like that? Were you, were you shy? Were you outgoing? Were you like outspoken? Mm. Um, I guess one question would be, what did your report cards look like? Like what, what oh. were the, what was the feedback from the school? Oh, totally. From the teachers. Like <laughs> teacher's pet. Like I was like, had to do all the things always all the, the time, up, always yeah. with the hand up, yeah. always handing in things. Um, you know, later in high school, I kind of, um, as I got a little older, not as much as when I was younger, um, just cause you kind of want to be awesome and not, you know, <laughs> you can't be too good at things or else people, you know, don't like that you either. Like you right? don't, you like push away from you. Like yeah. She's too smart for us. So. Yeah. Or like a know-it-all or whatever. Yeah. Right. So you can I kind of would, you know, not do it as much as in my later teens for sure. But I definitely was, I'm coachable and, um, tried hard and tried to do well. It, take pride. I take pride in what I do in my work. So high, high self-esteem and confidence. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Up to. Yeah, for sure. Like maybe less, more so as I got into my later teens. Like maybe a little bit quieter in my early teens, and then as as you kind of mature and stuff, definitely like not shy to speak in front of people or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, because like the J, the J I know now is just like freaking go get her, man. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, she definitely, you you know how to um, what's the word like. 
you're you're very outgoing and you have no problem doing anything like if there's a mountain you're gonna climb it right away so i yeah. I, I you just start yeah and you i'm just starting, go and figure it out i'm yeah. starting to see yeah. that a lot of that sounds like it was really architected by your parents then yeah I, I guess so yeah and probably unintentionally like they just want to be supportive so i just yeah i guess that that's right i've never thought about that thank you for that um because i just kind of have this way about i just i just jump in and figure it out and I just know it's going to work out. And I know if I'm integrous and do the things that it'll, it'll work out. It all plays itself well, out in the end, yeah. And, and there's, there's an interesting way to look at it, too, because I find a lot of people these days, you know, we have, like, your classic helicopter parent mm. where they helicopter you almost with the subconscious understanding that they don't really have the faith in you. That's mm-hmm. why they have to helicopter over you. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you have a parent that lets you make mistakes and, and let you fail, yeah. I was discussing this with, with another friend and it's like you have to have the understanding with your kid that, look, even if you fail, even if you stand up and you try and you fail, you're going to be okay. So it's almost like you, you didn't feel like you needed to worry about the failure because right. it's whatever. It's like, okay, I failed. I'll do something else. Yeah, figure it out and yeah. have the support around you to kind of help you out and dust you off and, okay, try again. Yeah. Were you yeah. an only child? I have a sister. You have a sister? Yeah. Younger or older? Younger. Yeah, younger. She's three okay. years younger than me. Yeah. Okay, no, because um, there's a comedian Hassan Minaj, and he always jokes about the fact that like the younger sibling has like get gets it basically the easiest. They get their personality, everything from the older sibling, and you know the parents are easier on the younger sibling too. Yeah. <laughs> I always find that uh, if you guys haven't seen that, watch uh, Hassan Minaj's Netflix original. It's uh, it's pretty funny and okay. he gets into some pretty cool stuff. But, Good to know. Yeah. Man. No, I, w- I wouldn't have guessed. I would have thought you were an only child. An only child, yeah. No, I have a sister, and we have a we have a great relationship, actually. That's so awesome. I started um, from learning plant medicine. I started my first company, Bare Nature. Yeah. And um, as Farm Bound grew and got too big, I actually sold it to her, and she is doing okay. that now. Yeah. That's and she's, really cool. And she's being an entrepreneur and is loving it too. So that's this awesome. is, that's her first business, yeah. Kate, again, before we delve into this, yeah, yeah. I want to jump back. Now we've kind of discussed your your upbringing and the way you know what precipitated who you are now yeah let's go back to the burnout phase yes because then that can lead into where you are now and we can discuss that whole lexicon so you burned out how did that manifest like what did Mm. that look like for you because it's different for everybody some people just can completely just lose their head or they're so foggy that they can't even do anything so I'm curious how that how that manifested with you and how you knew you had to change it yeah what that looked like um well I guess the reflection was just in uh my parenting, I was, um, you know, in my opinion, not being a very good mom. I had no energy left for my son. Um, on the weekends, I would just, you know, I'd go have a glass of wine with some friends, maybe drink a little bit too much, be tired the next day, take him to hockey. But I didn't really have um, the time to like devote to him and really and be a good parent. And I was just like, that was the, that was the big indicator for me. You know, he was okay. just this little guy and, and being hauled off to daycare all the time. And uh, it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. The attention was lacking. Totally. I, well, I just didn't have anything left. I was running on empty. And, and at the time, I really beat myself up about it. And I still do a little bit. But um, I'm glad I made the change. And you yeah. could recognize it. Do you it. think subconsciously that might have come from just how you knew that you were parented and how you felt that maybe you weren't living up to the same standards? Or, sure. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that must be hard because like society expects a certain amount from you, especially as like a single mom, Sure. you know, like you have to do everything, everything, everything. But at the same time, like we all can't do everything. 
So yeah. it seems like there has to be something lacking and you realize that like what it was. Yeah. And your son is probably extremely important to you. So Yeah, absolutely. And you and yeah, you have to give somewhere, right? Yeah. And I mean on the outside, um, it looked like I was doing great. I had this great job. I was twenty six. A uh, single parent. I wasn't getting um, any help from his dad. I owned a condo and a home down in the Lower Mainland. I drove a new car. Um, so it looked good. It looked like I was doing great. But it was but all surface. Totally surface, right? Because I was doing the things, being this overachiever that I thought I should be doing. You know, right. you got to get the job. You got to get the house. You got to do the things. You got to... You know, so tapping your into what society uh, expected of you. That's right. And, uh, I see. But right. emotionally, you weren't fulfilled. But emotionally, not at all. Right. No, no, there was nothing left. And it's it's interesting to see that because you you hear that kind of trend so much more and totally. more now is like yeah. people that go through the cookie cutter shape that society wants them to yep. be in, and then when they get to it and they finally get there, they're like, "This is not what it was pegged out to be. This is not what it was promised to me." Um, it doesn't feel as good as I thought it would. It it honestly never does. It yeah. it never does. I'm a young young business owner as well, and I bought my first car last year, and it was like fascinating for about two weeks. Yeah. And then it's like mm-hmm. it's just a car. It's yeah. it's just a bunch of pieces of plastic and metal and an engine put together. That's all it is. Yeah. Can it really fulfill you? Probably not. No. So take us from there then. Like what you burnt out. Yeah. Realize something had to change. Mm-hmm. Go from there. Yeah. So I um. Got the job offer and just went. I quit, and um, and it was actually quite in interesting. that meeting. In the meeting, yep. So it was like, hey, were, Jay, yeah, we're tell us how that looked, like, yeah. like commentary wise. <laughs> so yeah, they're like, you know, we got this job, and they knew it, that I had been wanting it because right. I had like it's it's this this track that they set forth uh, for salespeople, and you do this, and you get these certain results, and then you can move on to this level, and there's all these it's different the next levels, step right? In the ladder, right? Totally, yeah. right? And it's all laid out for you when you join the company, right? And so it was the next step, and everybody wants it, right? Because they hire these insecure overachievers, and they want to do good, and they want to do the things, and so they knew I had been wanting it for a while, and the and the the somebody left and the position had opened up and I was the next person and they knew I was waiting for it and so the meeting they were kind of like you know okay well this is the salary we can give you and you know this this and this and they give you a car and uh and they were kind of like you know oh well you know because of this and and uh you know we're gonna hold this back and they were kind of you know just a little bit like arrogant not I mean they were they were great but just like they know they were giving me something and they thought I was just gonna be like oh my god please whatever you want and I just and it really took them back when I was like I can't do this. I'm like, I'm moving home. And I had just been home the weekend um, in advance and they were kind of shocked. And um, and then they just came in with so much love and support and they were just like, you know, we really want to see you do well. And and they're like, you know, can you give us a few weeks and let, you know, they tried again to get me to stay and, and, and look to see if there's any way they could support me in my life better because I told them the reason. And uh, they understood and, and they were really great. I learned so much from that company. They have the most amazing um, sales training. It's called Hardwood Specialty Products. Okay. Um, they, they're, they, um, in the industry, they're known as like the sales school and they, they, they teach you so much. So they were, they were really great. But yeah, it definitely took them, took by them by surprise. surprise. Yeah. You stripped them of their power. <laughs> you really did. Cause like, it, that's what it sounds like. They were yeah, they maybe were, not being yeah. like, you know, intentionally arrogant where like, sure. okay, we're going to bully her around or something like that. But they were, they had the power because they knew that you wanted to have that. That's right. And as soon as someone knows that that's what you want, mm-hmm. um, the power struggles on, right? It, it's, it's a play for power. So you yeah. strip them of that. So that that's really cool though, that they were really supportive. It wasn't yeah. like this, like, 
okay, well, you're not going to be here anymore. You're dead to me. Yeah. Type of situation. It's good to hear, actually. Yeah. No. Yeah. Especially in a larger city center like Vancouver, you don't necessarily expect that with uh, no, totally. these, like, corporate companies, right? Yeah. So, no, that's uh, it's awesome to hear. So, then you switch back. So, now we're we're back in Lumbee. Yep. Um, did you start your first business from there? No, no. I I worked for my dad's construction company. Okay. And, Sales um, or what kind no, of No. Um, I just did... No. No, I did uh, book work and <laughs> accounting and... Um, I would go to his jobs to the site and sweep sometimes, and <laughs> I would just do whatever he needed. Cool. And um, jack of all trades. Jack, yeah, Renaissance woman, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was low responsibility, and I needed that. You know, I needed that time to just kind of like check with out yourself, and yeah. be with myself, and and uh, it was interesting. I found myself searching on the internet, like. I want a religion, but not a religion. You know what I mean? Like yeah. phrases like that. Like I was looking for a sense of spirituality Something too. To believe in. That's right. A purpose, a real purpose for myself and really a connection. Looking back, I was looking for a connection with myself and a connection with spirit, but I didn't know what that was. Like we didn't grow up with any religion. Um, I've never been to church in my life once. Right. Um, so I, so I really felt like that was something that was lacking, but I didn't want like a indoctrination box totally. to be put into. Um, so yeah, just and I did that for about a year, year and a half, and then I took one more job, and it was on um, it was a construction uh, job for, as a project assistant project coordinator for when they were building the highway between Kelowna and or sorry oh, Lake wow. Country and Vernon, yeah, oh, okay. for a road construction company, and it was just my last like I kind of just had to do it one more time, you know. Right. When you learn something, do you guys find when you learn something um, about yourself that you want to change, you kind of got to do it again to really, for it really to sink in, yeah, you yeah. know, you got to, yeah. you know, that improvement thing. So I did that and it, it was good. And, and, um, but it was after that, that I started my first company. And yeah. were you, were you entrepreneurial growing up too? Like, did you have like little like side gigs where you selling stuff growing up or anything too? Or was this really like the first, first That was time? my first company. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were in the system, like trying to make as, as good as you possibly could. You did like an amazing job, but within the system. That's there right. Was, you didn't have like that entrepreneurial spirit early, early on. Nope. I see. No, no, it was, this is what you're supposed to do. And it, I was very like, I really excelled at that other company with the sales track because they laid out a track for you and there was rules and there was targets and there was things. It's like, okay, give me a book, give me some things and I get a gold star and I will do it and I will do it amazing. So that's what I was doing okay. was this, you know, you go to your counselor in high school and you got to, you know, you go to college, check, you get a good job, check, you buy a house, check. Like that's what I was doing. It was check, 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 check with no, without ever asking myself what I wanted. I see. Were you an easy like Were you an easy employee too, or were yes. you like? Did you kind of like question things all the time, or were you trying to like add new things or change some stuff up? No. No, just always doing a good job. Really uh, getting along well with the team. Interesting. Just okay. fit into the fit into the fit into the mold. Because yeah. like seeing seeing you and and how far you've come, just hearing like the pe backstory and everything yeah. here, but seeing where you are now and like the decisions that you make and kind of your outgoingness and everything I would have definitely expected that you were the kind of employee that would have been like uh wanting to like add stuff or hitting up head office all the time being like hey guys we need to do this and this and this yeah. better and they'd be like yeah okay okay well, yeah okay you yeah. again you again yeah. yeah um actually now that you mentioned that I guess a little bit in school I was like that like I would sometimes just question things for the sake of questioning them to start the conversation right right but um just for looking for different perspectives mm -hmm. all the time not necessarily because I believed in them so, um, but I just don't think I had the confidence enough yet in the corporate environment to kind of step up and do that because totally. I was Understandable. really young in comparison to a lot of the other people that worked in the corporate environment too. So, so was that final job, excuse me, um, was that final job sort of your way of being like, 
okay, I have to prove to myself that my acumen back then was not just a fluke. Possibly, yeah. Like, were you just trying to prove to yourself that like you knew you could do it? Yeah, I, I really don't know what it was. It was just kind of, I just kind of went with the flow. Like, you know, looking back objectively, maybe that would make a lot of sense. Um, but I think at that time in my life, I wasn't self-aware like I am now. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that probably would be true. So what yeah. did it feel like when you finished that job? Um, well, it was kind of a little bit scary um, because I had never really been a business owner before. Um so that that was a bit terrifying. It it actually took until probably a year and a half ago. So I've been an entrepreneur for eight years, seven years, something like that. Not very, so not very long. And it really only took until a year and a half ago where I felt like confident enough that my business wasn't a house of cards that could fall at, at any moment. Okay. Really? Yeah. And yeah. did, but did that ever stress you out? Yes. Like it always stressed. It was something that always stressed you out, or did yes. you always have the big picture in mind where you kind of just like, I know this is going to work out eventually. Um, I'm, I'm putting the I'm putting I'm putting the work in today mm -hmm. that long term is going to pay off, regardless of what it looks like. It's going to happen, um, like on the day to day. Yeah, I definitely have always believed in myself, yeah. but I just have this fear. I just have had this fear about my business. I don't know where it came from because. I've never really operated in that fear place before. Um, maybe it's just because it was new. A really good friend of mine who's a really great entrepreneur. She's actually from the same small town, Lumbee, and she's amazing. She does like property development. She owns this huge organic farm and, and um, she subscribes to the same business mentorship that I do. And she said to me one time, she goes, success doesn't feel like what you think it would feel like. She goes, it feels uncomfortable. It's new. You're always stepping into a zone that you've never been in yeah. before. And so I think that's what it was. Is I had stepped into this zone where there was no rules. There was no playbook. There's no... There's no, especially with my company, because it's not really a traditional, you know, you know, say restaurant, there's certain things model, like there's a lot of stuff out there to support you where my business, there's really not. You're there's totally no, there's new. no user manual yeah. or anything. I no. See. So it was really uncomfortable and there was a lot of sleepless nights and there was, um, yeah, like just, and just not over anything that was important. I would wake up thinking about that email or that conversation that I had, or like in my mind's just spinning, spinning, spinning. And I remember my dad as a child, the same thing. And he would, um, I'd get up in the morning and he was sleeping on the couch with the TV on because he'd wake up in the night with his mind just zing, 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 zing mm. around in circles. And so um, I actually used, um, there's this really great tincture called Stressed. And it's, because it, your oh, adrenals yeah. Saint are Francis. fine. Saint Francis. St. Francis, yeah. 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 It's amazing. And it actually really helped me get get normal sleep and get just my, because your adrenals are firing because you're just like. That's why you're waking up. Yeah, you're yeah. just constantly on. And then you're, so it just helps your adrenals kind of calm down. Okay. And, um, and then it was, I was able to get through with that, get my sleep pattern in check. And then, yeah, about a year and a half ago, something flipped where I just felt more comfortable. And now I don't stress like that anymore. You now that that's super that's super interesting because I I totally like have gone through the same stuff with like that that kind of like consistent stress. And what I always mm -hmm. like to say is, Shelby, you probably experience it too. Like just the consistent stress as a you know self employed entrepreneur, whatever it is. But the stress never goes away, which is so fascinating. No, it, it doesn't. never goes away. Mm -hmm. You just find better ways to cope with it and challenge it. Like yeah. I. I like the stress because I do some of my best work when I'm under heavy stress. Now. Totally. Yes. So when when crazy stuff happens that I have to deal with that was unexpected, I, I go into full problem solve firefighter mode and you come up with solutions that you never even thought were possible or available. 
Yeah. So that's that's super interesting to hear how that was kind of like a, a plateau for you where you kind of just, it, it stopped negatively impacting you and it went straight into positive impact. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where was that shift at in your mind? Like, why mm. do you think that came about? Was there like a defining feature or was it a combination of good features? Question. Good yeah, question. that is a good question. I don't really know what happened. I think um, I just... Like, was it was it a was it a milestone that you made it might have hit in your business or not at all no not at all and was it, it yeah, instantaneous like, switch or was it like kind of gradual like it's this getting better like week by week it's getting better yeah i think i just started to um i think i just started to really just kind of i had something flip inside of me that just accepted that i'm always going to have some Strong. sort of fire going on and I and I just almost made a joke of it and I said you know this week we got kale problems and this week we got milk problems and I you know before I just thought to myself you know if all of our kale shows up rotten and everybody gets rotten kale in their box nobody's gonna buy from me ever again and, and it's gonna be over <laughs> right like that was the thought process that was going in my mind it was mind. like end game stuff end game like if this kale is rotten and then I just realized I'm like there's always gonna be kale problems there's always gonna be and I, and I laugh at them because it sounds so ridiculous, right? I'm going to have broccoli problems. I'm going to have, you know, and now I just make a joke of it. And I kind of just went, and as soon as I kind of almost started making fun of it, I just went, wow, like, what am I doing? You know, like, and it's it's not that big of a deal. And my business has integrity. My customers love what we do. And 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 they're, yeah, they're, it's, it's one rotten bunch of kale isn't going to wreck it. So, um, so I think that's what flipped was just me kind of witnessing myself and seeing like what I was doing because that wasn't it wasn't feedback right it was my own self-talk your customers were driving you at that point that, mm -hmm. that almost seems like something in, in and of itself it's like you were like at this point in time I've put in enough time to know that my customers will still be loyal mm-hmm and that's important too, to know that people have your back regardless of what happens. That's right. No one's going to care if there's a little bit of kale that's rotten or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're, you're dealing with a big box store. Right. I mean, I was reading into kind of like how you feel about some of these big, big box stores and the grocery stores and stuff. It's completely different. You're putting out the most, you know, the best looking piece of fruit, but is it actually the best tasting? Is it the most versatile? Maybe not. Yep. So you had that complete unwavering faith. That's How right. big was your customer base at that point? Um, it's about the same as it is now. Um, the business went right off the bat, and now it's kind of plateaued off. Okay. So um, I'm looking at the next level of growth and how I'm going to do that. Um, so I'm sure that's going to slingshot me into another uncomfortable phase again. Now, right. I, yeah. so because you went from my from what I know about Farmbound and everything, yeah. you went not just local, you went province wide. That's right. Like immediately which is why you saw such, such crazy growth, growth yes. right away yeah. so is your next would i be right to assume that your next growth would be moving into new provinces nope no no i don't want to actually you don't well, want to that's not true that's not true that I, I don't want to um we'll see what happens with that but no um i actually got an hour of time from um the man who founded spud which is I was gonna ask you about Spud because I spent some yeah. time in Vancouver. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah that, that's a, a cool program they've got down there. Totally. So what they've... is Spud? Spud's a similar type of subscription service, yeah. is it not? Yeah, yeah. similar. It's been a long time. Is it a produce yeah, box or is it more of a meal recipe kind? No, nope. of... okay. it's very similar to my business. Okay, very similar to my business, and um, he really pioneered the movement twenty years ago, and. Um, and he's similar, similarly to me, he actually called it small potatoes to start because it was just a pilot project. Like this was started on the side for me. I was going to do this one or two days a week. Like I never really anticipated that this would be huge and neither did he. Um, 
And uh, then they got huge, like they got bought, they've been bought out a number of times. They've bought out other delivery companies. They were at one point in San Francisco Bay Area and Los Angeles. And then those sections got bought. Like, um, so this man, he, um, he's still a shareholder, but he's not involved in the day-to-day business. Um, they also have a retail um, component to their business now. Like they're just, he gets all the things about what we do and why we do it and the integrity piece and the sustainability piece. Like, and so I got an hour of his time. Um, and what were we, I totally lost where we were going with that. <laughs> I just got so where excited. Are about this where are you Oh, growing? where am I growing? Yeah. yeah. How are yeah. you growing? Yeah. So he, um, gave me two recommendations to grow my business and he said, I need to increase my product listing listing. So offer more variety and also to increase my density. So focus on the areas that you're servicing and service them more and service them better. So rather oh, okay. than hunting, yeah. farming. That's right. So don't hunt for new business, farm what you already have. That's right. And the areas that I'm already shipping. So he said, don't take on That's new cool cities. One. I mean, unless they come and fall in your Interesting, lap, okay. which they kind of all did. None of the, none of the cities that we delivered to, I, I never approached any of them. I never went, Hey, Prince George, do you want farm bound Prince George? People in Prince George came to us and said, Hey, can you deliver here? Hmm. And then you said, were you the kind of person? That's another thing I want to ask. Are you the kind of entrepreneur that says, uh, yes, and then figures out how to do it after. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Okay, totally. <laughs> so like somebody That's would another layer of challenge. Yeah, of these, course. Right? Somebody would come up and just be like, "Hey, do you deliver to Fort St. John?" You'd be like yeah <laughs> and then you'd figure I out can. okay how do we i do can it? <laughs> yeah that's what i say is i can and then we figure out how to do it you figure right? out how to do it later I well that's it. how we even got up north is we were doing the deliveries in the north okanagan that was really only the intention of farmbound was to do deliveries in the north north okanagan um because the service exists in Kelowna, the service exists in penticton was but it, what is it called in in Kelowna's urban, urban harvest urban harvest yeah, yeah that's the one okay. and uh, local motive is in penticton yeah but it wasn't in the north. So I thought, okay, we'll do the north. And my sister was living up in Fort St. John and she was like, you need to bring this up here. She says, all we have is big box stores. There was a little bit of a farming community, but they're so limited on what they can grow. And we just literally put a thing on like one of the mom group sites and said, hey, this is what we do. Would you like us to bring it there? And everybody was just like lost their minds. And then the next town over was like, you know, some people were in that mom group from the next town over and they were like, can you bring it here too? And then it just went like. Those small towns, that stuff spreads like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, especially if you find like a little, a little trend like that in a place where there really is nothing. Like, I mean, you, you said it yourself, just big box stores. What are these people craving? I mean, there's people that are obviously following the trend of, you know, organic local produce yeah. right. um, and, and good quality food, they're going to be everywhere. And yeah. if they're only fixated and able to, to shop at big box stores, of yeah. course, when something new comes in like that, they're going to jump right on it right away. Yeah, they're really excited. A lot of people are from Vancouver that live up there, yeah. from Kelowna, exactly. or from Victoria, and they're up there for work. And um, that place has exploded so much. There's not the infrastructure of culture up there yet. Yeah. It's just all chains. So there's not mom and pop shops. You can't oh, get artisan stuff, cheese. Right? Yeah. Like it's just right, right. Like it just doesn't exist up there. So um, they're really excited to have the connection down to the Okanagan, where or you know a lot of them are from here. Right. So yeah, because you can't really have like an artisan cheese shop. There's not enough demand, and then an artisan. Yeah whatever it happens to be. So you've combined all these things into one-stop shop. Uh, Yes and no. So I actually really think that the reason that that stuff up isn't up there is because of too much abundance. Um, I think creativity 
um, is sparked from lack. So you can go up there. I mean, not now, like now I guess it's getting better, but there was a time not that long ago where things were really, had really crashed and we mm-hmm. saw a really big dip in our business because of the crash up there. This is like 2016, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah 2016. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, that was actually part of the fear piece too, because we had like a mass exodus of customers oh, and totally like, right. and they were, they would email us and they're just say, you know, like we love your service, but we just can't afford it or we're moving or whatever because there's no work. But um, I really think that creativity comes from lack. Um, if you can open up the job uh, paper and get a $40 an hour job, why are you going to start a cheese making company? Why are you going to start, you know, a farm bound? Farmbound really came, and, and Bear Nature, my businesses really came from, I moved back from the city, I, you know, I was working these jobs, and there was, you know, I'm competing against people who are have 20 years experience for a $40,000 a year job, you know? Right. What, you know? I totally see what you mean. Yeah, like, why would I even bother starting this when I right? can get a so, job on the pipeline so, or something like that? Yeah, if me, if I, with my education experience and my awesome work ethic up north, I could probably make $100,000 a year, $80,000 a year, seventy thousand. you know, a good... And comfortably. A, and comfortably. Yeah. And, you know, be good at my job. And so there'd be no reason for me to, to try to start a business or do something different or think outside the box to make money but in the in the area here we're kind of forced to right and honestly i I do think that that's that's something that because in the past some of the best businesses have started from you know huge market corrections where like you said there was lack i think that the the big difference right now is actually we're seeing the highest spike of entrepreneurship we've ever seen because everybody thinks they can do it even when Mm. i'm sorry maybe they don't have the self-awareness to realize that maybe they shouldn't Maybe they yeah. would be better to get that to get the higher job. paying job. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to see that dynamic shift because now with with the the cool label that entrepreneurship has, I mean, from what I've heard right away, like you've built businesses from lack. Yeah. Like eight years ago, we felt the global crisis of 2008 in the Okanagan yeah. when you started uh, Bear Nature. It was, Bear right? Nature, yeah. yeah. And then Farmbound, how long has it been? Farmbound's been three. It'll be first week of June. Will be three years from our first delivery. Three years, yeah. eh? Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So, how did it actually? Let's wow. jump back in. Let's. How did the idea for Farmbound come about? Yeah. Um, well. Um, so I was getting into the community with with Bear Nature and just kind of um, getting in the farming community. And a friend of mine, uh, Laurel Campbell, who's actually from Fort Saint John, <laughs> was living in Lumbee, and uh, we decided to start uh, Monashi Community Co-op. And uh, so it's all run by volunteers. It still exists out in Lumbee. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to do with it anymore other than being a member, but um, there was no organic food out there. And we started that thing just with elbow grease and community involvement. And they sell organic food and local food and they have volunteers. And it's this really beautiful community space out there. I'm so, I'm so proud to have been a part of that. Um, and from there, and so what we did actually similarly to what we do at Farmbound is we do a lot of workshops. It really builds community in the space. And uh, one of the workshops we did was a permaculture design course uh, from Gordon and Jana from Element Eco Designs. I don't yeah. know, have you met them? Yeah. They would be really good people to have on your podcast, actually. Good to know. Um, uh, we always ask this when we're done with you. Yeah. <laughs> any, uh, any other people? Yeah, yeah I would totally. say, uh, yeah, Gordon Good Jenna. influencers, right? So um, permaculture was, and they said this at the beginning of the class, they said, you know, we have some really amazing things that come out of permaculture because permaculture just isn't, it's the idea of looking at nature and um, mimicking that in your farming, in your life, you know, how, how can we look at nature and do that? So it's so much more than just organic agriculture it's really regenerative and it's using you know using nature in ways to make things easier for yourself or to make it easier for your farming and and um 
they said a lot of amazing things come. So it's just, it's not just like a, a course on how to do things. It's a real consciousness shifting course because it really flips your brain on how you're thinking. Um, and for me, it was huge. I always felt like I was cheating with um, the plant medicine stuff because I wasn't growing my own plants. Right. I was buying them from somebody else. So I felt like it wasn't, I wasn't authentic because I wasn't growing them and making it. And um, so I took this course because I was going to start a tea farm on my parents' property and um, grow all these plants that I was using. And they talked about plant guilds. And so if you look in nature, there's... Um, a guild of plants and what that is is a group of plants that that exist together you don't see just like monocrops in nature you see a whole bunch of plants in one area and they all work together they're a plant community so one of the plants will dig down and mine nutrients from deep up and then and then when the plant dies then those nutrients get shared among the other plants some bring in the bees they're pollinating plants and they they're all working together in this ecosystem ecosystem yeah absolutely and so they talked about that in our community and they say you know we have really people who are entrepreneurs we have people who are really great employees like they're just they all work together um so if you try to do something that you're not inherently good at it takes you can do it but it takes a lot of energy units for you to do like some people with their bookkeeping they like you know they got this big shoe box and then they avoid it and it weighs on their brain and they know they should do it and they avoid it and if they just sit down and do it it's over and sounds like me yeah 40 minutes right you can get it done totally but the amount of energy that it took you worrying about that and thinking and beating yourself up because you had to do it and it was just on your brain those that's a lot of energy units so if you focus on the things you're, I am not good at bookkeeping any, like, you know, and for me, that's actually one thing, even though I went to school for accounting, it takes me a lot of energy units to do my accounting stuff. So I hire that out. I have a professional who does it. That's you what they're good at. Leave it be. And the, the, you know, yeah, it costs a little bit more money and I could, I could, um, maybe do it myself, but it's the, the value for me is just so, is so valuable. So anyways, um, back to the plant stuff. I just was like huge weight lifted off my shoulders. I'm like, I don't have to grow things. Like, and it was just this, like, Oh my goodness, this huge realization that I don't have to be the one growing things. There's some people who are really great at growing things and I am and not that person. they take passion in the growing process. Totally. They love okay. it. Like a lot of the farmers. So a lot of the farmers love to farm. They don't like to sit at the farmer's market. Some of them shouldn't sit at the farmer's market because they that's, are that's not good true. at talking to people. Yeah, yeah. They're not good right? salesmen at no, all. No, they're not personable. They just want to be on their tractor. I mean, some of them are. Some of them are great, but, they're, but they just want to be on their tractor. And so I was like, okay, I should do what I'm good at. I'm really great at building community. I'm really great at marketing. I'm really great at connecting people. So why don't I focus on that? So uh, one of the instructors, Javin, he um, gave us a challenge and said, take an idea from what you've learned from this course and um, take it on a date. Like, don't get too serious about it. Spend two weeks on it and spend no more than $200. And uh, so I did. It was actually with another person. I started farmbound with another person, but we ended up separating partnership about eight months after it started. And um, she actually wanted to do this big CSA at the, the co-op and nobody there wanted to do it. So her and I decided to do, to do Farmbound. And because um, we really saw that people want to buy local food, they want the healthy food, right. but it's not easy. And being a single parent, run off my feet, I was all about easy years ago. I get it. You know, you got to drive the kids here. You got to work. You got to do the thing. So you can't, you know, shopping at the farmer's market is great, but it takes time. It's only two days a week. You got to bring cash. You got to haul your kids around. You got to haul, you know, go back to your car. You got to park. Like, it's just this huge experience, which is some people can do that, but a lot of people can't. So we thought, okay, well, why don't we bring it to you? bring it to your door. We'll do the work for you. We'll connect with the farmers. And then the farmers too, like there's some farmers that are cutting out markets now because of businesses like ours. They don't go to as many farmers markets because they, they can don't off- have to, they don't have to, they can offload a lot of production. Right. They can plan better for it too. Like the farmers markets are, um, you know, they have to bring a little bit of everything that may or may not sell. 
right? If it rains, nobody comes and they don't sell their stuff, right? Where me, I can give them like, I have a carrot contract that I handed out and it's so many thousand pounds of carrots and I need approximately this many bags a week and they can buy equipment accordingly. They can buy storage equipment accordingly because they know it's going to sell. Right. So it's really good for them too that way. So you make the you make the mom and pop farmer that would normally go to the farmer shop, mm-hmm. farmer's market, you make them turn into like the wholesaler basically and you give them a guaranteed production. That's right, yeah. Something right, and, that they don't have to worry about the direct-to-consumer anymore. They can just worry about the stuff yeah, that, like yeah. you said, they're best at, which what is the growing. It's growing. That, great that was things. the big point that I get from this too is like yeah. your drive to outsource things that you find take up too much energy mm-hmm. um, you're allowing the farmers to do the exact same thing exactly oh, wow you don't want to go to the farmer's market or you know you're a crappy salesman yep. well do I have the solution for you like totally. you can just come here and yep. you, so you're giving them what that great, choice too what a great elevator pitch Shelby I know right <laughs> do I have the solution to do you? I have the solution yeah that's, that's cool you scratch you scratch your own itch and it works itself out for everybody that's involved that's right that's yeah cool. it's good for the people in the community who are getting the food yeah that it's good for the farmers, it's good for me. You know, it's it's a really it's a win win. And and because now that we've grown big enough that we can we have a really great ordering volume. Like I pull fruit from the South Okanagan now by the pallet. And um, wow. so that so we don't have like you know if people want to shop at the farmers market here they're kind of limited to what is grown around here but now we bring in like you know organic cherries and organic peaches like way ahead of time and well and it's still local and it's still something that can be easily supported totally yeah but, I mean it's not I mean, it's a two hour drive away it's super yeah, I would still I mean, consider well, that local who wants to go to a Penticton farmers market to get their peaches like I, I'm certainly not going to do that no no uh, and you're not just limited to uh, to like produce and like fruits and vegetables yeah. you're also doing like other kind of like artisan products now too right totally yeah we do everything meat cheese uh dairy yeah bread we partner with a bread maker in town here and and yeah just all the things we really want to support um like local entrepreneurs doing making really good quality products and getting them to the people and and we bring in stuff too from elsewhere like um we have a the fatso peanut butter i don't know if you saw that online they have like such a cool marketing she's from victoria and it's just a woman and she's making this really cool hybrid peanut butter so we love to support her and people love to eat it right so um and you're doing the mother love kombucha as well those girls are amazing yeah like yeah they're gangsters (laughs) because you have that in your store i've got that too we got it got a kegerator and everything we've got it on it's tap cool. it's nice yeah. yeah so uh, i want to say we have someone on here hello again facebook and instagram <laughs> if there's anyone that has never even heard of Farmbound, can mm-hmm. you give us you know a one minute pitch as to what it is for someone that doesn't know what your business is i mean a lot of people do know what Farmbound is i mean yeah. vernon is a small place uh word does travel fast however yeah. if someone has absolutely no idea and they're just used to shopping at safeway shopping mm-hmm. at um save on foods like what do you do what value can you bring to their life sure yeah so we um offer organic and local food uh delivered to your home through an easy online ordering platform on a subscription basis but um it's very customizable you can sub things in and out of your box you can add on more you can skip a week you can set products on subscription or not on subscription um and we get the best and and we partner with local farms 100 percent of the time when it's available um, we even if it's more expensive than getting right. things out of Mexico. Um, so and then we also have our weekly warehouse sale where we sell out our overstock. Um, so that's on Thursdays from twelve till seven and Saturdays from ten till three. And we mark all of our produce down twenty to thirty percent off. Wow. So people can get um, organic produce for an affordable price. And does the, do they have to come in for that or can they, they do, do it online? Yeah, yeah. So the full price is the delivery service. Yeah. And then if you want a discount, you can um, come into the warehouse. 
And um, interestingly enough, um, the profits are about the same for me at the warehouse sale and at the and the delivery because I'm not paying staff to pack the oh, order package and, and deliver, and to yeah, deliver the order. that's one value proposition that you're doing with the delivery that's right yeah that makes sense yeah. for the full price yeah and it's and the, and our full price retail is about the same um you know some things we get really great deals on and we're cheaper than elsewhere and some things we're more expensive it's like anything right, um, but right. we we're in alignment with um you know the health food stores in town right and um so yeah that's now, really cool. Yeah. So now, how did how did you guys start out? Did you have a website right away, mm-hmm. or so you built that right away? Was yep. that a decently large expense? Like, because did you have no. to add a shopping cart and everything in there too? Um, no. So initially, like the first month and a half of deliveries, um, we just did a Wix site. I've done okay, all so my own web. Own. I've done all my own web design. I've not had still to, to this day. Still to this day. I just revamped wow. it like six months ago. It's drag Impressive. and drop. Anybody who's like. I guess this is not good for people, local people who do website design and stuff, but it's like, <laughs> oh, you do? No, 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 I don't. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's like, seriously, it's so cheap. It's like 200 bucks a year. They have templates that you can work from and you just drag and drop and add your things and it looks amazing. And what well, do then you again, use right now? Something... Sorry, go ahead. What do you use right now? For what? For website. For website. I use Wix. You but not for my, not for my ordering platform, but for, for my you. for my landing page. For the landing page. For the landing okay. page, yeah. I just use Wix for the landing page. I was gonna say the the depth of like having a shopping cart and everything like with that, substitutions, that becomes, yeah, that becomes a little bit more complex. It do you is, use Shopify or what do you use? For no, that? Um, it's actually a program that's custom designed for box subscription services like cool. mine, and it actually was created in Victoria. Um, by a, by people who they had this business and the husband was a web developer and so he wrote the code for this program. And because... do you do you, is that still kind of a thing that you customize yourself and you you build it on your own or do you do you pay like a, a subscription, subscription to them? You pay a subscription yeah. to them. Okay. And they custom tailor it for us and like the needs of our service. So they do it all on the back end. You don't have to do a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, the customization when it was first set up. Okay. So like the first few months we did everything with just like um, square invoices, emailing people, tracking. Oh, this. Cool. It was a disaster. Oh <laughs> man. Excel spreadsheets but we didn't allow like people people could email substitutions and stuff if yeah. they were really like didn't like something but we didn't have the add-ons available we didn't like right it was just it was just produce delivered to your house in a box we had a few little add-ons but it wasn't super like it's like it is now so cool that you had the the tech the technology available to be able to just start as as messy as it was yes. at least you were able to start and yeah. then learn and tweak things as it went exactly yeah so we you know we just we did what we could um, administrative nightmare for sure and then we invested in this site um, so there was like you know we had, we had to pay to get it set up and now we pay a monthly subscription fee but it's you know it's it was created about 10 or 15 years ago which in computer like that's like ancient right so right. the back end is really ancient looking and it has it's buggy for sure it doesn't work very well on mobile it works okay on mobile but not awesome do you have an app um well no, because for the ordering, like it, it does have oh, a mobile, like mobile, like through like your your phone web browser or something like that. Okay, that's right. There, so there is like a different structure for the mobile, but it's not as easy to it's use. It's not as quite op- as optimized. Okay, but they are rewriting it, so they're coming out with a new version within the next twelve months that'll which be is, updated, which will which be is awesome. important. But by that time, we'll probably be moving to the voice frontier now too. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who knows what'll happen? But <laughs> well, it was kind of interesting because you're like, oh, I hope you know, no one's a web designer because it doesn't sound good for like local web designers. But then again, that's something that you've decided to do yourself. Yeah. And if you can optimize something yourself and you enjoy it, yeah. why not? If that's a part of your business that you feel that having your hand as a control mechanism actually makes a difference, yeah. then that makes sense. I'm like, I'm sure there's plenty of people out here that would not even care to do that whatsoever. That's right. That's, that's very where the web true. designers come in. And so my really, hand goes up right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It depends on where your priorities are. That's like, true. And, and yeah. it's so business specific. Totally. Yeah. Like, it's, but it's, is, isn't it like amazing to see that, like you said, 
you can now we live in an age where you don't have to do anything everything you can go you can fill in the gaps where you need them, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you can focus on the stuff that you actually want to yeah. do and that totally. are good at and it's like you said, completely customizable to the person. Yeah, yeah, you can do as much or as yeah. little as you like. Exactly. And it is actually great. That's a really good way to look at it, that you can do this. Like, because when you start a business, you know, like there's so many costs, like $1,000 here, $5,000 there. Like it just, it adds up. And so if I was to have to pay, you know, $3,000 for, you know, a basic custom web design landing mm -hmm. page, like that's a big deal when you're starting a business that totally. many. Totally, that's why I was curious. Yeah. It's like, it, it, I mean, it that, that in itself, like, I mean, yeah. I've seen websites go f up to like $10,000, like oh, yeah. for an actual intense one. So. Yeah, so, you know, if you can cut that out and yeah. do it yourself, if you so choose. And um, I know, I guess another thing that's not super great for like local print companies and stuff, but being able to use Vistaprint mm -hmm. has been amazing because it's the same thing. Right. They have templates. It's not so much the printing cost. It's more so being able to do the template work myself because graphic design costs so much money. And when you're starting sure. off, like it's, it can get expensive every time you want to tweak a, a brochure, you want to just like make this poster for an event. And right, if right. you can do that stuff yourself, it really, it really can help cut your costs when you're starting a company. You know, totally. when, once you get big, of course, like I did all my accounting to start off. Okay, now I'm big enough. I can hire that out. Right. So, um, you know, in time. They're calculated like, decisions though. That's right. Yeah. As you go, as you grow. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Another one I really like, uh, for the graphic design side of things, the Shelby and Clinton, our uh, audio guy, I've talked about it too, is uh, Canva. It's yes, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I use Canva all the time. So yeah. just yeah, totally, awesome. the totally free software. I'm going to give a little pitch just to know Canva's not actually paying us. I'm not oh, yeah. a, I'm not an investor in Canva either. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, no, like it's it's super cool. Free software. You can yeah. absolutely develop anything from like posters yeah. to like social media pictures, mm -hmm. anything. But then again, it still takes time. I remember when yeah. I start, oh, totally. first started flirting around with Canva and I was like, okay, I'm going to make Five an Instagram later. graphic. I was like... Man, I feel like if I had looked at it from the outside, like, oh, that should take me four minutes. It's like it yeah. took me like four hours. Jesus, yeah. holy! Yeah. It yeah, does. You insane. have to learn. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. I actually like. I had the same experience. I had three things that I wanted to do on Canva. They were like, uh, you know, they they were like punch cards and like brochures and like pictures yeah. and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I'm like. I, I literally spent my entire Saturday in the office doing that. <laughs> yeah. I was I was at I was at the restaurant, but yeah. I was in the office like Focus. graphic yeah. design. <laughs> well, and someone that that is actually in graphic design now is laughing at us because they know right. they know yeah. the actual programs. Like, well, I can just use Photoshop to do that in like in, yeah. in five minutes, and that would have cost you forty easy. bucks or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. Like, oh, yeah. But it's like you know how much is it worth it? And and you know what? There, it depends on what you like to do. At the end of the day, I think you yeah. made a really cool point there. It's not just about like what cost the least yeah. uh, for your effort it's about what you enjoy doing mm -hmm. and like not if, just if what it's not what you want to do then don't do it yeah simple as that and, I, and i'm with you there too not just what you enjoy doing though but also what you're actually good at that's uh, right you talked yeah. about self-awareness earlier as well and i totally believe in that as well as just figuring out okay what what am i good at I, you know I'm, I'm good at marketing i'm good at sales i need to do more of that mm -hmm. uh, let me not kid myself yeah i did you did a lot of finance and stuff like that but you know, I'm not the finance person. No. Right. So that's, that's really good self-awareness there. And I think, yeah. you know, self-awareness is something we can all use more of. Oh, hundred percent. All the time. So yeah. I kind of want to go into the hunting versus farming. I found that super interesting. Ooh, so, yeah. so you're not hunting for business now, or, or this was kind of a direction that, mm. um, that gentleman that you got, um, from Spud. Yeah. So that hunting versus farming argument, he said, you know, don't try and get more business strengthen the relationships that are within that business so yeah so how how can you see that like what have you done the last six months 
where you've actually felt like, okay, I'm going to strengthen this customer base. I'm not mm. going to try and get, you know, acquire a hundred more people. I'm mm. going to strengthen the relationships because you're almost creating a referral business rather than, rather than like direct sales. Yeah. Um, so I am going to be looking for new customers, right. but just in the manner that I'm looking for them is not like um, going to new um, locations. I guess okay. that would be was his advice right. is to to really focus on the locations that I'm delivering at now and really servicing them better. Because and that makes a good point, because now she doesn't actually have to look at like building more infrastructure and yeah. investing more money. You're yep. basically you're creating more income in regions that you're already servicing. That's right. And right. it's very low cost, but high, higher like margins. And also to um, increasing my offering so that you increase the average uh, sale. Right. Um, okay. So he gave me some very specific targets of what that could look like. Um, but he said considering how long younger company is and how many products we have now, which isn't a lot. Like he actually thinks that I need to like triple the amount of products that I have offered. Wow, and I was like, wow. whoa, I'm like, that's so intimidating. But he goes, just trust me. Don't do it all at once. Take your time and be selective. But um, he time. said that, yeah, one at a time for sure. But he said that where I'm at, my average sale for box is actually quite high considering the number of products I have offered which is good so you're doing like in in your own world you're doing really really well totally there's still there's extra that you can do that's right there's extra that i can do and he actually gave me some really good good um because one of the questions i asked him was at what point does your company because one thing about spud is they've gotten so big now um that they have lost that little that that touch of that real connected that is the that is the scary aspect right so i'm like when did that happen you know, when did you really lose where you didn't know all your customers and you start to look and then because customers treat you differently too. Once you become a big company, they have a higher expectation. They're, you know, they're, it's not a, it's not a, as much of a, of a relationship. Not, not right, only that, right, but they right. don't, they it's don't, not know, as personal. They, yeah, it's they not don't, as personal. they don't feel like it's the, um, it's, it's the mom and pop. Like they don't feel like they're supporting local anymore. That's they right. feel like they're starting to support more big corporate conglomerate. Right? Yeah. And you have yeah. a fancy CFO in there and they got this, you know what I mean? All the yeah. people. Right. And so it's like, okay, cause we don't have that. Like it's me and I have a team of, uh, eight women who work there and we're just doing it. We run the forklift. We do, the, we do the yeah. things. Right. And they're um, badass women, man. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Every time <laughs> I, every cool. time I go in there, there's just straight hustling. I love, yeah, I love it's it. pretty, it's pretty cool. So like we don't have the big, the, you know, the CFO to pay and we don't have the CEO or the, you know, HR manager, or like all these, these fancy things that go on once you get bigger. But, um, but yeah, the hunting versus farming is really interesting. So one thing that I've done um, in the last six months to, to shift towards that is really focusing again what I'm good at because, you know, doing the business, it's hair straight back, it's going, I'm doing a lot of the things, a lot of the tasks. Um, I hired an administrative person about a year and a half ago. It was amazing. And she is just like a rock star. And so I'm actually only have one more thing that's a day-to-day task of mine that's not like managing or marketing you know what I mean like that it's the actually ordering of the produce from the farmers and um she's almost ready to completely take it over and once that happens I can really focus on what I'm good at which is getting out in the community and marketing so I've really you know I've, I've been at the vegan festival I'm going again next weekend I'm you know getting out there and meeting the people and going to the things and 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 shifting to again what I'm good at and what I enjoy doing. BizDev, yeah. You want to be the face yeah. of the business. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to remain it. That's very cool, actually, because you talk about like when you get big enough, people don't treat you exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know where I saw this in action that was actually super interesting. You know the whole craft beer movement yeah, going on right yeah, now. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Um, you look at breweries now like Phillips Brewery, mm. and almost that to me, it's like 
it was almost a point of pride two or three years ago being like, have you tried Phillips Brewery? Because you, you could have so many different beers, but it was like, have you tried this? Like, no. Oh, you got to check it out. It's like this point of passion. Now everybody's heard of Blue Buck. Right. So it's it's not, it loses its allure. But yeah. I also saw, I was watching that show Shark Tank, like, yeah. like yeah. the American version of Dragon's yeah. Den. There was a craft beer company on there. And I was like, isn't that like against the entire model of being craft beer? But like, right, that's you the thing scale. though. Yeah. But it has to happen. Like craft yeah. beer also has to scale. Any business, if it wants to be sustainable, usually mm-hmm. has to scale. And if you want to start dominating markets, that's like what happens. Yeah. So that's that incredible to see. Yeah. If, if that's what you if want. If that's what you want. If that's what you want. And that's not exactly. what I want. Because that's, that's the biggest right. thing, right? It's like everybody has different different peak heights that they work for. Totally. I mean, you, totally. You, you walk around the streets of the streets of Vernon, mm-hmm. you can see things like Toco, which clearly always are trying to get bigger and bigger. Same with like Caltire, these yep. big companies that yep. either they, they've gotten to the, they plateaued to maximum size or they're trying to get bigger. Or mm-hmm. you get see the little mom and pop shops that are maybe like you know, they're, they're just happy. One location, yep. family works in there, the odd yeah. the odd employee here and there. Yep. They don't want to get any bigger because yep. they're happy where they are. And I think that's, again, the, the power and the beauty of entrepreneurship because yep. you can go as big as you want or stay as small as you want. And, yep. and, and it's phenomenal to be able to, to have that control when you have the, the audacity to live life on your own terms. Totally, yeah. And it's a choice. Totally. And, and what are your values? And um, for me, the reason why I don't want to get to that point, and that was actually one of the most important questions that I asked him, I said, when did you lose that? Um, is because to me, this is so much more than just a business. To me, this the integrity is so important, and I and I really don't want to lose that. Um, you know, because you know, you move beyond it. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's great, but then you then you stop supporting the local farmers because you need ten thousand heads of lettuce, right? And you That's or right. you know, and, and so it just kind of loses its charm. And I really don't want to lose that. That's so important to me. So, you know, back to the question, if, would I ever go to another province? Yes, but it would be completely standalone. You know, a setting up completely independent from... It wouldn't be a farm-bound Alberta. It would be a farm-bound Alberta, but it would be operated as if it was a completely different company. Like, okay. like with the same procedures and stuff like that, but it would be completely separate. Like, I wouldn't want to, like, have one massive warehouse and do all of the lettuce buying and all of the carrot right. buying so into one place. So you would franchise situation or something along those lines? Yeah, like... yeah, I don't, yeah, possibly a franchise. I don't know, but it, it would... Because I did, wouldn't want to lose the integrity. Totally, totally. Yeah. You don't want to be shipping BC product into Alberta and no, calling I, it I, local I, and... Yeah, lines get blurred. Yeah. At the at exactly. the end of the day, the the main goal and the the mission of Farmbound is to is to provide the communities, the local right. communities, with the local product produce that's, yeah. that's totally. available. There. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. So no, it's awesome. so quite often when like this Phillips Brewery that gets really big, they start off as this craft beer, then they scale up. There's sacrifices that need to be made in order to do that. 100%. And so I'm very clear on what sacrifices I'm willing to make and what I'm willing to not. So it's super important. Which is very important to me. So you know. Maybe it will get bigger, but I think that because certain things are are too important to me that it probably won't get super big, and I, I don't totally. feel good about that. Totally. Well, yeah. I can just imagine you getting bigger, like say your company was 10 times the size it is now, Yeah. Um, which the way that organic food and, and these trends are going is, is perfectly feasible in my opinion. I'm sure you could get it to that, but... I wouldn't want to see you as this top person taking, you know, giving orders and then having trying to create ten more of yourself as spokespeople going out to the yeah. farms, like because you're awesome. Like, why would you Thanks. want to do that? Why would you want to lose your place in that in that role? I feel like you'd yeah. end up burning yourself out again or not having the same gratification. Totally. Like, I don't want to see you do that either. No. So, I just think it's really cool, especially like as we wrap this up. I love to to really see where people stand in these in these markets and in their in their jobs and it's really cool that you've 
you've been there, you've been in the system to the point where you're like, I know that I do not want to be this, I do not want to be that, and you want to stay stay completely in your lane. Mm-hmm. I yeah. respect that so much. Oh, so. thank you. I do have. I, I want you to jam a little bit about the uh, the new project that you've got on the oh, go right now. Yeah. I'm really, I was Ooh, really, really excited I, to I hear about it. I've heard this. I was about really, this. really excited oh, to hear yeah. about it, and I'd love for you to, to share it with us. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I didn't mention it. Um, so I'm opening up a small zero waste uh, grocery store in Kelowna. Um, Whoa. Yeah, it's going to be super small. Um, so I'm not going to have everything there, but I will have all things food, and um, we're just working out some details with the city. Um, so the potential location is going to be right on Bernard um, at the back of the bean scene. Um, so as long as we can get everything going there, I'm, I'm committed now to this project. It was kind of like we found the space and I know the owner, we we're like, what can we put here? And I was like, zero waste grocery store. I was so excited. I'm so waste is like, it's ridiculous. I actually, it's the, crazy. the other night I was tired. I didn't want to cook. And so I ordered some takeout food and I got it and I just had this, and I was one person and this mess of like packaging and I'm like this is one person and one meal you know and and um, so I really want to make a difference and um, I really want to help um, train the consumer as well um, like at our extra sale for example if we have a case of beans with a bag sitting beside it and people have to you know scoop their beans in and weigh that weigh the beans we'll maybe sell a quarter of the case if we bag those beans into one pound bags and put them on out we'll sell all the beans interesting so um you know, people just want to grab things and stuff. And it, it's just, it's it's consumer behavior, right? And so, like, it has to be accessible. If you put things behind a glass door where they have to open it and reach in, it's going to sell less as an open-air cooler. But the open-air coolers use a lot more electricity, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of almost a platform and a training ground for consumers. Like, here's how we can do it differently. It might take you more time. But just to help shift the consciousness around um, and make, getting people aware of their waste, and cool. yeah, so I'm, I'm very, very, very excited about it. So you're going very more cool. towards that like bulk model, yeah. uh, where people waste yeah. a lot less. Okay. That's right. So very they'll bring cool. in their jar, they'll weigh out their jar, they'll fill it with whatever they want. And then at the end, the weight of the jar will be taken off the total and then they pay per hundred grams. And I'm, so. I imagine you'll be, you'll, are you going to aim for mostly like jars and stuff like that? Or are you going to be looking at like renewable, uh, biodegradable, like plastics and products and paper no, products or anything like no, that? No, so jars, so reusable Only packaging. Jars, hey? Because if, if you think about packaging, it's not just the plastic. Like, yeah. So plastic number one, let's go there, does not degrade ever. Every piece of plastic that has been made still exists on the earth somewhere it's it's the plat we're gonna be the plastic age right there's it never we're gonna leaves. look back and we're gonna go oh my god what did we do I know. and um so let's it's go either... back to that topic because there is something cool i want to mention there too. yeah but anyways next. so so you know there are things now that they're recycling and breaking down and, and there's lots of really great movement forward but it also takes energy to make that plastic. So we have, the, you know, and even the biodegradable plastics, like, so some of it's made from corn. Okay, well, that corn is farm GMO. Okay, well, they spray glycosate. Like, let's just go there, right? That they have to have diesel for their tractor. Then it has to be shipped to a factory. Then it needs to be created. Then it needs to be shipped to the to my store to use this package, right? Like, right, right. there's so many resources that are being put into making this plastic bag or even a paper bag, which is fully composed. These compostable paper bags and plastic bags, they're compostable. But think about the resources and the energy and the water and the impact in our environment to create these so if we use a jar yes okay it takes energy to make this jar but we can reuse it over and over again right so, so you're getting more out of the other side because that's right consumers we see a 
paper bag and we're like, oh, it's paper, it's cool. But, it's great, but yeah. But you don't think about the process behind it. That's right, okay. yeah. So to, to start shifting the consciousness just and just being aware. You know, nobody's perfect, right? right. We're, you know, we're all going to do things. I don't always eat organic food. I'll order, you know, takeout food or whatever, right? Right, like it's, right? It's not putting an unrealistic expectation, but just giving and people... And not beating yourself up about it either. That's right, right? when you do yeah, something totally. that, that's not in alignment with where you want to go because you, you need a bridge. You can't take somebody who's eating craft dinner and suddenly expect them to be vegan. Right, like it's and, and eat local food, right? Well, like Shelby it, did it, so yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not vegan, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just. I like, to, I'm close, I like to. I like to. I like, like plant based. I I just tell, I eat mostly plants. I'm yeah. not. I'm not one thing. I don't like to put a label on myself. No, you don't uh, want to be in a box. Sometimes no, my no, body no, no. wants meat, right? Well, and so I don't want to like sit down with my buddies who like know that I eat mostly plants, and I end up ordering some cheese, and they're like, "Oh, you're eating eating cheese." It's like, dude, don't interrogate me. Right. Just, I'm just, I'm just yeah. me. Just let let me be. I like totally. to, I like the rasm from yeah. the yeah, from yeah. the craft dinner and ramen noodles yeah. to plant based. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did it too, right? Yeah. I, I used to eat, eat awful. But you need a transition. You do. You yeah, need I agree. you, you need have to, to learn. slowly I tried to go vegan one about two years ago. I tried to go vegan, like cold turkey. Yeah. It was I was Threw such, the line a, down. such a fail. Like yeah, it was, it was I don't no idea what to do. I didn't like I wasn't prepared. Yeah. I you know and and my body was I felt like I was missing out. Like it was just it wasn't a good experience. And then I felt like a failure because I didn't do it well. And I don't like Well, it. and that's because there's that that age-old difference because it's like you have to take it from I want this but I can't eat it. Yeah. To I can have this, but I don't. But want I don't it. want it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a choice. It's completely different. If you're I trying, like that to, a lot. if you're I trying like to go along with a mold, or you're trying to fit in with the cool kids, or whatever it happens to be, you watch a documentary and you want to be part of it. Yeah. Totally different than actually believing in what you're doing. Yeah. Totally. That's totally so true because, like, for me, um, I went vegetarian for well, it was about eight months, and then I switched to pescatarian for another like year or so. But mm-hmm. I just literally like. It's exactly what you said. That's why I like it so much is I literally woke up that morning, was about to put salami on my sandwich and decided I didn't want to eat meat anymore. Yeah. It's like, I, same thing. Exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. I can have this, but I don't want it. But I don't want it. Yeah. Well, you eat a piece of meat for me. I don't eat meat, but at the same time, like, oh, you know, can I say that I don't really like a well-prepared piece of steak? It's like, probably not. It's like largely fat and the human body metabolizes fat as if it's something delicious. That's why right. we throw butter on top of the steak. Like right. <laughs> you cook it with that because it's fat and, and, it, and yeah. it picks up on our tongues in this specific way. I can't say that it wouldn't be delicious, but I just, I don't want to eat it. Yeah. So it's completely different. Yeah. Right. And that's, it's very interesting that you went into that actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was interesting. It was actually a transition of about a year and a half. And I still do eat meat sometimes. Right. I will have meat at least once a week. Um, not a lot of dairy, but um, it was a transition. And I just was gentle with myself and took my time with it and just and started by choosing better meats, right? right? Choosing meats from local farmers, choosing meats that have had good feed, choosing meats that weren't treated with cruelty. Totally. Right? So it's it starts there. Baby steps. Baby steps, right? Yeah. So that's like with the zero waste start. Let's give, give people the invitation to try something different. And there's yeah. a now there is a lot of I, I do totally respect what you're doing. There is a lot because there is a lot of pushback from consumers because mm-hmm. now you've got a you don't just have the people that are gonna be supportive right off the bat. They're gonna yeah. be like, Yes, this is so great, I'm so excited. But now you're gonna have the people that maybe don't agree with it and they're gonna be looking at you with like a fine tooth and comb to make sure yeah, make sure that they can see if they can find something that you're forgetting or that you're missing out on right, right? yeah I, I find that a lot with uh i mean we we've recently that's why i would like to pick your brain after this too quickly but 
we've recently switched at at the fig to biodegradable products yep. uh, whether it comes to like the plastic and everything like that i mean yep. i actually just as a test we ordered some biodegradable plastic cups and yep. i buried them in my backyard to see if yep. they actually if biodegrade yeah um because i'm just curious about that. sure yeah i, I want to make sure that you know we're we're actually on the right track and we're doing not the just right greenwashing thing. exactly yeah. yeah but now there's like the more i the more i see that the more i realize okay well people are seeing this but there's so many other little components of the business that can still be picked at that oh, are not perfect. And that's the thing is, like you said, don't don't beat yourself up about it because we, you know, do the best that you can yeah. and, and go mm-hmm. from there. But I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on like what, what can restaurants do? Because you did say like mm, there's yeah. takeout boxes and stuff like that that came. What would be the alternative to that now? Um, well, I guess just like the paper ones that biodegrade paper so you you do agree with that side yeah i think it's a first step step. anytime i get those people because i get that all the time especially being in such a business that um you know people have really strong opinions about this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and quite often they're just looking for a fight not actually looking to change and they're and they're um and they love just to get on there and and throw their two cents in and i and when it's not perfect in their eyes in their model and i just say you know what i'll take progress over perfection any day because expecting people to be perfect is unrealistic 100 percent. you know so um we need that transition we need you know eventually wouldn't it be great if people brought their own containers to restaurants their own takeaway containers oh you know but that's not going to happen tomorrow we need to start by you know getting rid of the plastic or switching to biodegradable plastic or making the transition making the progress back to the baby steps again. back to you the baby steps you can't just go from craft dinner to vegan that's right we're gonna have to build up we're gonna have to take some steps we're gonna have to get used to people okay it may feel a little bit weird to drink out of a paper straw because it's gonna get soggy well that or don't use a straw you know but the first if you throw people into the mm-hmm. you know they don't know what to do right so let's be gentle with think, they start to think about it a little bit more it's yeah like, okay now i've got biodegradable stuff and you know i just noticed right away like starting to make that switch you realize like it's not just, like you said, it's all the energy that goes into making that product that yes. people don't think about. But when yeah. you become conscious of it, you start to realize, it's okay, okay, all that energy that goes into it. And now they're packaging the packaging. Like, yeah. Yeah. Literally, it like comes you, you in. get a thing, you get yeah. a thing of plastic, it's packaged in plastic and then individually wrapped in plastic as well. So it's like, it's really interesting to see all those kinds of dynamics play out because well, and it, it doesn't it, just stop at the product. It goes further than that too. When because I've worked in a grocery store uh, for the actual facility that that the grocery stores order from. Okay. So yeah. this was in Langley. It was called a company called EV Logistics. Okay. And so basically, you'd make grocery orders. So a, a grocery store owner from Vernon, for example, is for Savon and Coopers and all those subsidiaries. So they would go, okay, I want a pallet, this pallet of food, and we would get it on this end. And then we, as the the order pickers, would have to go around and pick the groceries from different things, and then we would put them on pallets endless rounds of plastic around it and then they go into the trucks the trucks take them to the restaurants so they it goes from the field to the packers into this massive sorting facility where it gets sorted and allotted accordingly and then from there i pick it and then it goes into this huge round of packaging on a pallet and then it gets unpackaged and then onto the shelf it's insane and then repackaged to the home it's insane Yeah. yeah but but then again you saw I bet you anything, 10, 15 years ago, no one would have ever thought that people would come to the grocery store with their reusable bags. That's right. And that happened. It totally did. It just took time. Yeah. That's that's It just took training, training the consumer and and people taking the leap and making the invitation 
to right. to do it. And I'm so happy you point that out because we can get so caught up all the time in what's going wrong, what what sucks about the world, totally. what sucks about the habits that we have every yep. day. But I think it's really important, like you just said, uh, to really focus on the little micro successes mm-hmm. every single day that we see because as a humanity, as a hu- as human, as a human. As humanity, as a human race, <laughs> um, I think we're a lot further along now than we were 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Sure. Uh, and it's constantly getting better all the time. Yeah, we can always look for the stuff that sucks, but there yeah. is a lot that is going well, and there's a lot of people doing incredible things for the world. So, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. curious, uh, have you received any you know, flat-out criticisms to your business? Have you had, like, angry mm-hmm. customers? Oh, like, yeah. What are some of the things that, that you face? Because for me, it's such a cool business model. Like, for it would be like, wow, that there's nothing I could say other than this is awesome. Sure. But what, what kind of backlash have you received and how did you respond um, to it? Well, I mean, other than just, like, the normal, you know, somebody getting their, their lettuce that was rotten. Right. Um, we actually, an interesting one that, that um, it was when the, the crash hit with the oil field. And when we had that, like, mass exodus of customers up north where people were moving or whatever, we would right. get some really nasty emails from people about their rotten lettuce. And I had to tell myself, give, this self, give myself, sorry, this mantra, it's, it's not, not about, about the lettuce. You. Right. It's, you know, their husband's lost their job, they can't pay their bills, or they're having to, you know, and so they get this head of lettuce, and they're like, I paid $4, da 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 right? And right. so... They're um, taking out, it's it's the final piece on... Totally. On right. all on of the, the stresses. On the falling period. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, granted, like, we do make mistakes, you know, people will miss packing things or send something that's not super awesome. It does, we're not, certainly not trying to be perfect, but... Um, I think I guess our, our criticisms that we get would be like from the public would be on social media and it's when we don't meet their expectations of where we should be in terms of like offering local products. So, you know, why are we offering tomatoes in the wintertime? We should just have local food or, or, um, you know, we have a lot of vegan options and then the vegan people will get on there and angry about when we're supporting a meat, a local meat grower, Mm. you know, like, so it's like when we don't meet their expectations, um, the kind of keyboard warriors get at us a little bit, but we certainly haven't had any like mass criticism from the nothing, public. Nothing, nothing, nothing that majorly affects. Yeah, no, nothing that would majorly no, that's affect. Because yeah, we're operate a business of integrity. Like we just, you know, like you said, there's there's not really room for that because we really care. We're not, you know, totally driven by profit. Um, we want to make a difference. So it's you know what. You know, bad can you say about somebody when they're trying to really make a difference, right? So totally. When you when you look under and like I said at the at the big picture, your your heart's in the right place. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah little things are gonna happen here and there, but mm-hmm. yeah. um, in the big picture, if 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 the moral moral compass is is pointing the right way, yeah, I, I people suppose. can sense yeah, that for sure. People yeah. can always see that. Yeah. One question. I'm gonna go a little rogue with this question, but I am curious. Sure. What is the weirdest thing that you've found in a box of produce, or just like any anything that's come through Farmhouse? We had a spider come out of a crate of uh, um, bananas, pomegranates, pomegranates, and it was like this big, and it ran off into the warehouse, and we never saw it again. Oh, and we're no. just like. Oh my god, we're like, did that just happen? Where did it go? Like, is this gonna be some tropical spider that's now released into like Oh yeah. no. Okay, so this this, a... this big, so we know for Instagram and Facebook, but for, for the <laughs> podcast listeners, we're talking like the size of my face. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, with his legs, you're right. Like its Call body was maybe that big. Spider. It was it was huge. Oh, and we just kind of <laughs> Yeah, we pulled out the pallet to pack the pomegranates and it was like a big bin of, of pomegranates and it just came as like and we all just stood there and we're like 
Yep, uh, just happened. <laughs> so I'm assuming that it's a spider that's not from here, not used to our climates. And we haven't seen any more of these spiders. So I'm assuming it just lived out its life in our warehouse and then... Um, so it's not going to be another gently muscles situation. I don't think so. And there was only one, so yeah. it can't breed unless it was pregnant. But that was that was probably two years Jeez, ago. So yeah, that's that's terrifying. Yeah, it's it was a no, because I, I know that there's some weird stuff. Nature's fair. Uh, apologies in advance for uh, telling this story. I mean, I I do want to just put that out there. But yeah. <laughs> I've I when I worked in the deli there, we had a we had a box of kale that we, we used to prep our kale uh, yeah. in the deli. So uh, the girls brought it in. All of a sudden, I just heard a you heard a scream, and everybody. Mm -hmm kind of looked over yeah. and she was just like she turned around she recovered her mouth yeah uh she like waved me over and i looked in the box and there was just a dead mouse in the box Ooh. of kale yeah oh no yeah you know what and so, that would happen especially buying from yeah. local small farms because there's mice on the farms there's they on farms. live That's in the field the it goes. yeah you're gonna get especially with organic food and stuff you're gonna get some bugs on your stuff once in a while like because yeah. they don't spray there's the dirt, pesticides there's bugs there's, like there's i like it i yeah. eat the dirt Totally. I really do. The most little much, but it happens. Like, I mean, it it's full of probiotics. Good, yeah. It is, and it's that's good part for of you. the food. Like, totally. Yeah. I, I honestly like. I I have trouble with this obsession over like germs and cleaning everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, I understand totally. the food. The, sorry, that sounds terrible from a restaurant. Okay, yeah. I understand <laughs> yeah. like the food safe regulations yeah, that need to yeah. follow. Sure. But, um, but in my own personal in my own personal life at mm -hmm. home, like. If I drop a sandwich on the floor, I'm gonna eat it. Oh, yeah. I pick it up and eat it. Like that's <laughs> if I drop my totally. apple in the dirt or whatever on the soccer field, it brush it up, yeah. eat it. Like it's fine. Didn't didn't kill you. The yeah. odd time, like if especially like we're so fortunate where we live that we can just eat stuff right off the tree a lot of yeah. the time. Especially if you know it's not being sprayed. Totally. Yeah. So I'm yeah. comfortable just eating stuff without even washing it. Yeah. And I mean, you can feel good about it. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely it's 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 interesting to see kind of the stuff that you find. Yeah, <laughs> in and around your products. <laughs> I, I have quite another a, question. As uh, we definitely got to wrap up pretty soon here, we want to get you to the end of your Sunday. It's been an sure. awesome day. I don't know if there's any sun out there left. We're kind of buried in our own little area. <laughs> um, in the so you're saying three years? Yeah, for a mount. What is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? Um, definitely the business partnership separation. That was super challenging. Okay. Yeah. Um, you don't have to go into detail, details, but like how yeah. did that, you know, like what was the cause of that and, and yeah. how did you recover from it? Yeah, it was just not in alignment with the person um, that I started the business with and, okay. she's, and she's lovely, but it was definitely challenging. I had, no, I um, definitely learned the importance of um, like bureaucracy and paperwork and sure, having all of that. She, yeah, exactly. Because we kind of started this company rogue and just, it exploded faster than we could really um, have imagined imagined didn't have that stuff in place so then when it came time to to separate it was it was definitely definitely challenging and I and I learned so much about corporate law and that was really beautiful but it was definitely one of the hardest things that I've been through for sure yeah very cool <laughs> all right do you have another question yeah I got one final question the okay. question I ask all, right. all the guests is so, uh, what's something you're absolutely obsessed with right now zero waste for sure. Zero waste. Zero waste. Yeah, I'm, that's Something totally. Something you're just researching like crazy right yeah. now. Yeah, because we're about. opening up the store in Kelowna and um, yeah, I'm super, super into it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Do you have a name for the store right now? It's just going to be Farmbound Zero Waste Store. Farm I really want to keep our store. branding. Cool. Yeah. Totally. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Great idea. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Jay, thank you so much for being on the yeah, show. Thanks for coming in. If, yeah. you awesome. haven't, if you haven't done so already, please check it out. Uh, give us the URL right now. Uh, farmbound.ca. Farmbound.ca. Check it out. Um, we should have put a coupon code for Small Town Wealth in there. Oh, yeah. 
that's a good sure. idea. Okay, we next time. We can figure it out. Future. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you on again. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, check out, uh, check out, check out uh, farmbound.ca and make sure to keep a, keep a lookout for uh, the Farmbound Zero Waste store because I know me personally, I'm definitely super excited about that. So yeah, yeah 100%. Thanks, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, thanks again. Guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Facebook. Thank yeah, you, Instagram. Thanks, cool.